good news. Michael and Kimberly had a little baby girl named Elizabeth Fay, F-A-Y-E, Fay, seven pounds, four ounces, and 20-something inches long. I can't remember what that was. How many? Does anybody know? 20? Is that about right? Somewhere in that neighborhood, you know, is pretty good. So uh, I think the Ellsbergers are over there today checking out their new little one, and I'm th- sure they're thrilled. By the way, uh, Brian Shoup and his wife Kristen are expecting a baby. Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, I believe that little one's coming in August, if I'm not mistaken. So praise the Lord for that. Uh, Kirsten Swanson had a baby. Um, there's another friend of my daughter's who's having twins. My daughter is starting to think now, at least. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We are uh, today going to begin a little series dealing with challenging people. So, we're going to talk about dealing with challenging people. Today, we're going to be talking about people that uh, have a little issue with being critical. And uh, how do you deal with people that are, that are, you know, just on the edge of critical all the time? In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, we read these words in the New Living Translation. It says, better to be criticized by a wise person than to be praised by a fool. Well, you know, when you think about Jesus, if you think about what, the, what, what he tells us, uh, he makes things so simple for us. Sometimes we, we complicate life, but he just makes it so simple. What he does is he says, basically, if you can nail these two things down, you're, you're going you're to be fine. You just got to nail these two things down. It's, it's a very simple thing. One is love God. Love him with all your heart. Love him, love him, love him. Love the Lord. The second thing is love people. Love them. If you can nail those two things down, you're, you're going to do pretty well in life and eternity. Love God and love people, Jesus said. Now, when he says that, I think about that and I think, <clears throat> the first part, you know, I get that. That's pretty... That, that makes sense. And, and though sometimes we question God and wonder what he was thinking and, uh, and all that, but, you know, for the most part, we love him. We love him. You know where I'm going with this? It's the people. <laughs> it's not quite as easy at times because sometimes we make it hard to do the second part of that, love people. Now, we want to love people, But sometimes people make it just a little bit difficult. And yet Jesus said, look, if you can pull these two things off, you're going to be doing pretty well. How many of you would raise your hand and and indicate that that you actually know someone who at times gets a a little bit critical, gets on the critical side of things a little bit? You, You know someone like that? Yeah. Now, now, how many courageous people would raise your hand and say, I, I probably get a little critical. I, I'm probably guilty of that one. So, wow, you guys are actually pretty honest and uh, 
courageous. So what I'm doing is I'm prepping you. I'm, I'm being kind to you right now, you know, and uh, talk about how well you are for being uh, genuine and honest. We do. We encounter people, you know, you go through life and we just, we encounter people that, that get critical for whatever reason and to sometimes get a little too critical. I want, and I want you to say four words with me. The four words I want you to say with me are these. I will be criticized. I will be criticized. Yep. Try it one more time. I will be criticized. It's absolutely the case. You, if, you, if you're still breathing, you're, sometime, some point, you're going to get criticized. Every one of us. It's, it's impossible to go through life without experiencing some criticism. It's just impossible because we all think a little bit different. We all have our different experiences and we all have our different agendas and we all have our different likes and dislikes. It's just impossible to go through life without experiencing some criticism. Now, if you look at the Bible, you discover that there are people there that were criticized. Uh, for instance, Moses. Moses was criticized. He was criticized by family members because of the woman that he, he married. She wasn't Jewish. She was a Cushite woman named Zipporah. And, and because he married Zipporah, a non-Jewish woman, his brother and his sister, Aaron and Miriam, criticized him. Now, we don't hear all of their criticisms, but it's pretty easy to figure it out. They probably are saying, you know, Moses, what were you thinking? You know, she's, she, she, she's not the same culture as us. She, she doesn't even cook the same kinds of food we cook up. She doesn't have the same values that we have. You know, she, she dresses a little differently than we dress. She doesn't understand our customs. She's not Jewish. She, she doesn't get it. What were you thinking? And, and he's getting criticized for marrying this woman. On the other hand, Zipporah, she, his wife, she's criticizing him. And uh, so she, she's kind of, she's not happy with him at all the time. And, and uh, there, one big story that kind of leaves all of us hanging out there a little bit, if you read it, uh, you know, here recently uh, in the book of, uh, of Exodus, where Moses is heading, heading to do God's business, and he gets in trouble with God, and God's mad at him, he's going to kill him. Well, you know, you think about what, what's going on there. Well, his wife she's not been happy with him because God wanted all the Jewish men to be circumcised ever since way back when God had made this decision. And, and Moses was going to circumcise his son who was born. Now, Zipporah, she's not Jewish. She doesn't get the customs. She didn't get the message. She didn't know that, that this was supposed to be done. you know. And when Moses tried to do this and explain it to her, she's, she's like, you're going to do what to our son? There's no way. You're not going to do that to our son. Moses, well, yeah, absolutely. God wants us to do that. Well, you're not doing it. You're not going to do it. And so he doesn't, doesn't circumcise his son. Now he's on his way to do God's business, and God's not happy with him because, in effect, he has sinned against God. He hasn't taken care of business, and God's going to kill him. And, and Zipporah now, she knows she's going to be a widow, or she's going to have to make sure this gets done. So she takes care of business, 
and, and, and circumcises the boy. She's not happy with Moses, and she's criticizing him. You know, we get criticized in our lives. You think about it, go to the New Testament, the Apostle Paul. Paul is in a different situation. Jesus has died, rose again, gone to heaven. Paul is going and taking the gospel, the good news, to all over the place. He's leading Gentiles to Jesus. And when he's leading these Gentiles to Jesus, he's not demanding that the men get circumcised as all the Jews had to be circumcised. And so when the Jewish Christians now discover that all these Gentile men that are giving their life to Jesus, that was kind of challenging anyway because Jewish Christians hadn't yet figured out that God intended that no man should perish. Didn't matter if you were Gentile or Jew. God loves us all. And, and the, Gentile, the Jewish Christians hadn't quite got that in their heads yet and so they figured well if they're going to have to put up with gentile men accepting jesus as their lord and savior then they then they're going to have to be circumcised and paul said no they're not we're saved by grace through faith we're not we're not they don't have to get circumcised caused a big dispute and paul was getting criticized like crazy they had to go back to jerusalem and give an account for why he wasn't circumcising these gentile men you know we get criticized the one person in this, this world, absolutely sinless, the Son of God, Jesus himself, he got criticized. He was criticized. He was criticized uh, because he ate with sinners. He was criticized because he went into the home of, of tax collectors. He was criticized because he allowed his disciples to to pick grain from the fields on the Sabbath and eat it. He was criticized because he healed people on the Sabbath. I mean, he was criticized. So when you look through the Bible, there are all kinds of people, of course, that were getting criticized. And the reality of it is, it's not any different for you and I. It doesn't matter how good you think you are or how bad you think you are. If you're still breathing, know this, you will be criticized you're going to get criticized. The question really is, how do we begin to deal with those who are always being really critical with us all the time? Well, the wisdom of Ecclesiastes again says, it's better to be criticized by a, white, by a wise person than to be praised by a fool. Way better to be criticized by a wise person than to be, uh, to, than to be praised by a fool. It's not helpful to be praised by a fool it is helpful to be criticized by a wise person. I wanted to share with you an observation. Here it is. <clears throat> Praise and criticism are the windows to the soul. Praise and criticism are windows to the soul. If you want to know what's going on in a man or a woman's heart, all you got to do is pay attention to what's coming out of their mouth. If you hear what's coming out of their mouth, you have a pretty clear window to what's going on in their soul. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 12, 34. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, in other words, what's going on inside of your heart, eventually, somewhere, is going to come out of your mouth. You're not going to be able to keep silent when there's something going on in you that's bubbling up in you, sooner or later it's going to come out of your mouth. And people are going to know what's going on in your heart. 
Rather, there's good things in your heart and, and that begins to bubble up and come out of your mouth, or whether it's a lot of stuff that's just that's heavy and burdensome and dark and, and, and miserable. That's going to start coming out. One way or another, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, James, speaking about what comes out of our mouth, he talks about the tongue, and, and he gives us some insight about what comes out of our mouth, and he gives us an admonition. Here it is, James chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. He said, sometimes, sometimes it praises, talking about our tongue, sometimes your tongue praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. There's, there's the insight. He's saying, sometimes you're, you're, sometimes you're praising God, and out of the same mouth, sometimes you're cursing people out of the same mouth. And then here's the admonition. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. This is not right. Out of the same mouth comes praising God, and out of the same mouth comes cursing those who have been made in the image of God. So basically, James is kind of echoing the words of God. Kind of what's going on in your heart. What's going on inside your soul, your heart. And, and if your heart is filled with bitterness, and if your heart is filled with, with, uh, with anger and, and, a, and a lot of stuff like that, it's going to come out and you could be very critical. If... if in your heart, you have a lot of faith in God. You believe in Him. You love Him. You're hoping in Him. And no, things aren't always the way you'd like them to be. But your trust is in God. Then something comes out of your mouth that kind of expresses that praise, that joy, that belief, that hope that God will not fail us. So you have both sometimes coming out of a person's mouth. And James says it just shouldn't be that way. You know, and so it, what that doesn't mean though it doesn't mean that if, if somebody is letting some critical stuff come out of their mouth, it doesn't mean that that person has no value. It doesn't mean that, that everything that person says is always bad. All criticism is not of the devil. Some criticism actually has value. You know, but you have to be able to uh, pay attention uh, to which it is. It, it, the fact that some, some stuff comes out of us that is critical is not of the devil doesn't mean that we should just give place to being a very critical spirit or, or minded person and we're always criticizing everything because if you're one of those kinds of people you may not realize it but some people are probably having a little bit of difficulty having relationship with you and people that are always critical always critical always critical are no fun to be around there's just no fun to be around and it's a lot better to be around people that are fun to be around than someone who's always critical. And so well, how do you deal with it? How do you deal with someone who's always critical? Well, there are several responses I want you to, to look at with me. Response number one, be a thoughtful listener. Be a thoughtful listener. See, some, some, some criticism is constructive and some is destructive. You have to be a thoughtful listener so you can discern whether or not this particular criticism is constructive 
or destructive. If you get all defensive real quick, and right away, the hackles on the back of your neck start standing up. Do you ever, do you, has that ever happened to you? You start feeling the hair on the back of your neck just kind of going, boop. You know, because somebody's criticizing. If you're not a thoughtful hearer, then, then you might miss out on something. I love the story of David when, it's one of my favorite stories, when uh, Absalom, his son, is coming into town. He's kicking his father David off the throne. Uh, David has to flee Jerusalem or, he's, or he could be killed. So he and some of his followers, they leave. They go across the Kidron Valley. They go up, uh, up, up the uh, uh, Mount of Olives. And as they're going up, there's, there's a guy up there who starts throwing rocks at him. And he starts cussing uh, David out like crazy. He's saying the rottenest of things, very critical of David. And one of David's guys says, David, you want me to go over there and just take that guy's head off? I'll just go over there and take his head I'll, I'll silence him for you. Just I'll go over there and cut his head off. And David says, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. And in, in essence, what David ends up saying is he's saying, you know, how do I know that maybe God, God isn't telling him to tell me this stuff? How do I know that maybe, maybe, maybe there's something in that that God wants me to hear? So no, don't go take his head. And, and all of us would say, well, your first clue, David, is he's cussing at you. God doesn't cuss. <laughs> you, you could say that, I suppose. But you know what? If God can talk through a donkey, he can certainly talk through a man who's cussing. So sometimes we have to be careful not to become real defensive and first off start listening. Maybe there's something I need to hear. And, and so you've got to be a thoughtful listener. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 31 and 32. In the New Living Translation, it says this, If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. So uh, the wisdom of the Bible says that if you listen to what? Constructive criticism. If you listen to constructive criticism, you'll be home with, with who? You'll be at home with the wise. So, so you want to pay attention because sometimes people that are criticizing may in fact have a point that, to be made and we ought to listen. And so the first thing is we need to be a thoughtful listener. If we're not a thoughtful listener and the criticism comes that might help us and we just reject it, it's to our own harm that we reject it. So sometimes we need to, we need to be listening to things. In the book of Acts, uh, there's this, this wonderful story of uh, soon after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and Jesus has gone to heaven and, and the Holy Spirit's poured out on people in Acts chapter 2 and, and it really begins to create quite a bit of, of stuff going on in the city of Jerusalem. And, and, uh, and so Philip flees Jerusalem because things are getting, getting heated up in Jerusalem. He goes to, to a city called Samaria, and as he goes to Samaria, he starts telling people the good news. He starts telling people about Jesus. He's talking to them about how important it is that they give their life to the Lord. They give their life to Jesus. Many of them start giving their life to the Lord. They get saved. They say, yes, Jesus, come into my life. I want to know you as my Lord and Savior. I want to know there's a place in heaven for me. Yes, Lord, 
Yes, Lord, come into my life and forgive me of sins. And Philip's preaching this, and a lot of folks get saved, including a man whose job was being a sorcerer. His name is Simon, Simon the sorcerer. And Simon the sorcerer gets saved. Genuine conversion, he now believes in Jesus as his Savior. Peter and John are back in Jerusalem. And Peter and John, they hear what's going on in Samaria, that a lot of people are giving their lives to the Lord. So they go to Samaria, and they start praying for many of these Christians, and they're laying hands on them. And, and these folks that they're laying hands are getting filled with the Holy Spirit, and powerful and miraculous things begin to occur. Now Simon the sorcerer, he's watching this. He's paying attention to this. And guess what? some of the baggage of his old life starts becoming real visible. How many of you realize that when you give your life to Jesus, when you first give your life to Jesus, and even for some of us it takes quite a few years, that, that doesn't mean we're perfect. Just because we give our life to Jesus does not mean we're perfect. Now we're, we're Mr. and Mrs. Righteousness. That sometimes we're still goofballs. Are there any goofballs here? Sometimes we still trip over ourselves. Sometimes we still don't live quite as well as we'd like to live. So Simon the sorcerer, he's watching what's going on. And Simon goes to Peter and he says, Listen, Peter, I'm pretty impressed with what you guys can do. I mean, you're laying hands on people and they're getting filled with the Holy Spirit and the miracles and the power of that is incredible. You know, it, what what do you think you know um what what do you what do you think how much is that worth i want to i want to buy that ability from you can i can i just um, what's that going to cost me and and peter what peter does is he gives him some constructive criticism peter basically pays him pretty good he, he's not real kind, but he gives him some constructive criticism. Listen to what Peter says in Acts chapter 8, verse 28, uh, 20 through 24. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. Peter says, Man, you really, what's coming out of your mouth is starting to expose what's going on in your heart. You're filled with bitterness and iniquity. Yes, you, you, you've said yes to Jesus. Yes, you said, Lord, come into my life. Yes, you said, uh, forgive me for my sins. And he's faithful to do that. But there's a lot of baggage still going with you from your life without God. And it's not pretty. And if you don't get that repented of before God, it's going to start to cause you a lot of problems and difficulty. And, and Simon, Simon responds to the constructive criticism and says, Oh, man, you know, Peter, would you pray for me? Pray that God helps me with this. Pray that God forgives me of this. I don't want any of that to come on my life. I really do want to be a good Christian. I really do want what's right going on my life. Forgive, pr pray that God forgives me. 
You see, Peter gave some constructive criticism, and sometimes people will do that for you. They will tell you what you need to hear. Now, it takes courage to do that because you, you're risking relationship. You're, you're risking something. Whenever I have to say something to somebody that's a little hard to say to them, I know that there's a chance that if I tell them this, they might hate me. They may not want to be around me more. They might think I'm self-righteous. They might whatever they think, and they're not going to receive it when really the heart is, is I really want to help them. And so it's not to be mean. It's to simply say, look, you know, do you realize that what you're doing, what you're saying is going to create some difficulty for you? And all of us, see, it happens to me too. Even as a pastor and at my age, I still have people that say things to me that then I end up saying, oh man, you know, that is right. What was I thinking? You know, and, and if we aren't careful listeners, we'll end up rejecting constructive criticism. And then we're not able to continue on in the path that really God has for us. Oh, we're going to heaven, but we go to heaven all miserable and bitter and sour in our spirit. That's not helpful at all. So first thing is, the first response is, is that we need to be thoughtful listeners. And, and you say, well, how do I know the difference? Oh, you'll know the difference. You'll know the difference. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He guides you into all truth. And so if you will be a thoughtful listener, don't just, don't just immediately throw something out because, because the person who said it didn't frame it well. The person who said it probably could have said it a little better, could have said it a, less, a little less mean, could have said whatever, but you never know. Like, the guy, like David said about the guy cussing him out, maybe, maybe God would say something that. So I need to be a thoughtful listener. What might be there? Now, here's, here's the second response. The second response is this. There's a time to answer the criticism. There's a time to answer criticism. There are two possible answers when you get criticized. The first possible answer is, I am sorry. I will change. I'm going to try and change. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to make every effort to change. The second possible answer is, this offer a defense when they're missing some information offer a defense when they are missing some information so if you look at the first one it's entirely possible that you may be doing something saying something or behaving in a way that you're not even really realizing is causing damage between you and other people and and you don't want that but you're just not aware of it. And because people don't want to get into it with you, they, they don't want to get into a situation. They're they, they not sure they can trust your response. They just kind of, everybody just kind of walks around. It's like walking through a minefield talking with you because, because you're, not a, you're not a thoughtful listener and they're not sure how you're going to respond. You, you need to be willing to hear what people are saying because they might actually help you so you have a better relationship with people. And so we need to be thoughtful listeners, and for some of our response to what we hear may well be, you know what, I'm sorry. You know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make, make a change. You know, uh, some very famous words of Jesus, a lot of people may not remember where Jesus said it, it's in Matthew chapter 7, but most people, a lot of people remember what he's, the words, and uh, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus opens that chapter by saying, Judge not, lest you be judged. 
Don't get all critical with other people unless you realize that you're going to get criticized too. See, a lot of people who are really critical don't realize it because no one wants to have to deal with it with them. Uh, but a lot of people that are critical, critical, critical all the time, there's other people criticizing them. Because you just can't be around someone who's always critical without somebody finally saying, what is, going, what is that? What's his problem? You know, what is his deal? What's, what's up with her? Why is she, you know, she's always ripping everything down. And so uh, sometimes, you know, it just happens uh, to be the reality of it. And, and Jesus said, don't, don't judge too quickly because you're going to be judged. And then here's what he says. These very famous words. He, he, and in fact, he calls them hypocrites right off the bat. He says, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. He's saying, look, you get to be overly critical. You're criticizing everything. It's like you know you seem to have an eye for what everything ought to be, but you don't have an eye to see what ought to be in your own life. And so while you're out there criticizing everybody else, Jesus said, you're being a hypocrite. Don't you realize that you got some stuff going on? People are criticizing you as well. And, And the fact is, People that are always criticizing someone else, uh, oftentimes the reality is they're just not being honest with themselves. Because if you're really honest with yourself, it's really tough to be real critical and harsh towards others when you're looking honestly at yourself. I have a hard time being uh, real critical towards people because I know me. I know me. And I know, you know, you call me pastor, you, I, you know, I got all the paperwork that says I've been ordained, licensed, graduated with a degree from Bible college, wonderful and great. None of that means that I'm a perfect man. None of it means that God somehow now has raised me to the stature of perfection. No, I'm not. Just do not talk to my wife <laughs> because she knows the truth. You know, that, that I'm not there yet. God's still working in me. He's still working in you. And if you're honest with yourself, then you're going to have a hard time. So some of times the response to criticism is, I'm sorry, I will change. The other one is offer a defense when they are missing some information. Sometimes uh, they thought they had all the information. They may have had all the information. But there are times that things change. And, and so now what they thought they knew has changed. It's not all the same. So you've had to do something different. You've had to make a different decision. You've had to say things different, whatever. And they don't have all the information. So the, the, the godly thing to do is to come and say, you know, I was kind of thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with what you said. Or I'm struggling with what you did. And, uh, and, and, and I'm thinking, you know, you've not been real consistent. Or I'm thinking, you know, so they're criticizing and you then have a chance to say, oh, you know why? You, you See, here's what happened. This occurred, that occurred, this occurred, this and this and this. And that then moved this around. So now we've had to make a different thing and we're going like this now. And you have to make different decisions. So now you're giving them more information. So sometimes you have to answer criticism either by saying I'm sorry or by filling in the holes that they don't have so that they can know the reason that you got to where you did. Response number three. Learn to dismiss invalid criticism. How do you deal with people that are overly critical? Well, sometimes we just need to learn to dismiss invalid criticism. 
How do you know when the criticism is invalid? Well, there's three things we'll look at real quick. The first one is this. When it comes from an overly critical person, if the criticism is coming from an overly critical person, dismiss it. Well, yeah, but what if they're, what if they're right? They may well be, but unfortunately, they're shooting themselves in the foot. And so dismiss it. If, if God wants you to know that, he'll talk through somebody who, who isn't so overly critical. When it comes from an overly critical person, you know, you know the person. It's the person who says, you know, oh, man, you know, it's just so cold outside. I hate the cold. Then summer, I hate it. It's so hot outside. It's just miserable. It's hot outside. It's terrible. You know, and by the way, my parents, you know, the way I am, I am the way I am because my parents, they just goofed up. I had a tough life. By the way, that's not me. You know, I have a wonderful dad and mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it was my parents, my parents, my parents. You know, I am the way I am because of it. And my spouse, what an idiot my spouse is. It's just terrible, it's terrible. I hate my job. Just hate my job. My boss, I got, you think you got a bad boss? I got the worst boss in the world. He's like, have you, gotten, have you had to buy gasoline lately? It's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's terrible. I mean, those, those oil companies are making billions and trillions off of us, and we just, we're getting nickeled and dimed together it's just, to death. It's just ridiculous how bad that, that is. And there's nothing good on TV. The evenings are miserable. We sit around and look at each other because there's nothing on TV to watch. I mean, it's horrible. And the pastor's sermons, have you been listening to those things? I mean, those things are lame, the guy ought to open up a book once in a while and just study just a little bit. You know, I mean, give us some meat for heaven's sake. You know, it's And the ducks, if he just quit talking about the Oregon ducks, you know, it's, just, it's like, this person is not a fun person to be around. It's critical, 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 critical. You know, you just want to say, chill out, take a chill pill, settle down just a little bit. Because something must be going off in you that just makes you so critical all the time. Dismiss what those people have to say because they don't really have much to say that's worth listening to. And the reality of it is people who cannot see anything good in life will never see anything good in you. They won't. So, so dismiss it. Another one is this when it comes from an emotionally unhealthy or wounded person. Learn to dismiss invalid criticism when it comes from an emotionally unhealthy or wounded person. It's not to say that the person, who's, that the person is lacking value. They have great value. The problem is, is what they're saying is not helpful because it's coming through the screen of their woundedness or unhealth. You know, you know the, the last person you want to get marital advice from is somebody who's in the midst of a bitter divorce. The last person you want telling you how to manage your finances is somebody who is, who's just gone bankrupt for the 10th time. You know, you just, you, 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 you've got to kind of discern that sometimes people are unhealthy or they are so wounded that what everything they're saying, it comes through that filter 
and and you just have to know that and so you you dismiss it because it's probably not going to be able to be of any meaning to you it's not going to be helpful in fact jesus was one time talking with his disciples one day and uh he had just finished talking to some of the religious people and the disciples said jesus you know don't you realize that you you just offended those guys you offended them and here was his answer matthew 15 verse 13 and 14 jesus replied every plant not planted by my heavenly father will be uprooted so ignore them they're blind guides leading the blind and if anyone blind if if any uh, if if one blind person guides another they will both fall into the ditch basically saying is look you can tell if if what's coming out of them is not of god it wasn't planted of god and and what's coming out of them is not of god then ignore them because they're not thinking straight it's they're not speaking straight because they're not thinking straight so you just ignore them don't get all worked up over it don't have to get a big fight with them don't have to get a big argument just dismiss it ignore them because you know they're blind right now I mean, you're not going to want to listen to, to Bill Maher and then, and then expect that uh, you're going to make a decision about God based upon him. He's blind, spiritually blind on the TV and when he's talking. You know, he, he doesn't have a clue. And he's saying, he does, I've heard him, he doesn't even get his history right sometimes, but he thinks he does. And the consequence is if you listen to him, his blindness will help you walk into a ditch with him. And it's that way with any other thing. So you have to dismiss people that are unhealthy. If you don't, then you end up falling into the ditch with them. Dealing with critical people is a part of life. If you're still breathing, you're going to get criticized. But you need to realize, first off, that not everything that is said as criticism, even if it's not said well, deserves to be thrown out you've you've got to be a thoughtful listener don't get all defensive be a thoughtful listener and then then you have to be ready to 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 answer it either by saying you know what i've thought about what you said frankly i'm I'm not really liking the way you said it but i see there's some truth in that and i need to apologize and i need i need to figure that out or you have to answer them and say you know um i heard what you said but here's the deal. You, you are missing some things. Let me, let me give some clarity. Or you hear what they say. You realize it's coming from someone that's really not healthy, that is wounded, and you just dismiss it. Don't be offended by it. It's just, just let it go. As Jesus said, ignore it. Because you're going to be criticized. And one thing is really important, and as Jesus said this, he said, look, if you get these two things right, you're going to be okay. Love God, love people. Yeah, Lord, but some people make it rather difficult. Yeah, well, okay, learn to deal with it. And learn to not be one of those that make it difficult. Deal with stuff that's going on in your heart and be someone that others can live with. Don't be overly critical. Would you just bow your heads with me for a moment? As you and I close in prayer, I just want to encourage you. We're, we're starting out a new year. Let's start it out with building healthy relationships. Let's start it out knowing that God desires us to love people, knowing that some people, even those who call themselves Christian, can be some of the most difficult people in the world to deal with. Don't be one of them. 
Don't be one of them. Your heart should be filled with many reasons to, to give hope and to give faith and to, to believe for the best in things, even in the worst of times. Encourage people. And if you're around others that are real critical, you have to discern, do I need to listen to it? Is there something there? Then, then hear it and apologize. And if, if, if not, explain it. And, and if there's nothing there at all, and it's just somebody that's wounded, uh, that's unhealthy, then just let it go. Love them, love them, and let it go. Because it won't serve them well or you if you get into a big dispute. You just have to love them right where they're at. And if you do that, you'll discover relationships will be a lot easier. If you have to straighten every single person out you encounter, what you might discover is that there's probably a few kinks in yourself. So just learn to love people. Lord Jesus, we come to you today, and Lord, I, I know in my own life I can think of a couple of times and in different individuals, and I can attach names, and Lord, which I would... You know, sometimes I just think, what in the world? What do I have to do? And it just gets so frustrating because, you know, you're, the motivation of why I do what I do, the, the reasoning behind it, all of it gets questioned. I mean, sometimes, Lord, people even wonder if, if, if we have faith in you, if we ever talk to you, if we read our Bibles that, as if, Lord, that we don't have a heart for you to, you know all the different things, Lord. It's sometimes it, it gets tough. I just got to tell you, it gets tough. But Lord, I really want to be a man of God. I don't want to just say it. I want to live it every day. And when I'm encountering people that may even criticize me, Lord, help me to not grow in bitterness. I don't want to be a critical person. I want to be a person who brings healing to people's lives, help to people's lives. Yes, the truth. And there are places in which a point of criticism can be the truth that helps a person find healing. But Lord, help us not to just always, always go to the critical side, lest we become people that no one else can relate to. No one wants to be around because we're just always so critical. Help us, Lord, to deal wisely in our relationships so that, Lord, our life can be more peaceable and have the joy that you intended. I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. All the critical people say, forgive me, Jesus. <laughs> hey, the, the cafe is open. God bless you. Give someone near you a good squeeze. And uh, see you soon. Praises rising